Welcome to the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa. A renegade aviator today ace maker that's who's on our show today stay tuned i have greg wired collier of ace maker air shows as my special guest and this is going to be another great show but first welcome i am david costa this is the renegade aviator radio show and it is my pleasure to be your host for a quick one hour each and every week. Good news, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to light the afterburner on this show. We're taking my radio show national. We are the only jet air show team in the world that I know of with a radio show, or maybe the only radio show in the world that flies jets at air shows. It depends on your perspective, I guess. So first, Call my office anytime. I want to hear from you at 888-366-5256. This is your way to get assistance in anything aviation. New to aviation or a seasoned veteran of aviation, call me, 888-366-5256. Airline traveler, airplane owner, 888-366-5256. You know, aviation has been my passion since I was hatched. And this show and that number is one way that I can give back. So, so many people have helped me along the way. And if I can help just a few of you, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Call me, 888-366-5256. Coming up, air show performer Gregory Wired Collier of Ace Maker Air Shows. Greg flies a T-33 Starfighter jet. This is a vintage jet with a ton of history behind it. And you can find out more about Greg and about AceMaker at acemaker33.com. That's acemaker33.com. First, an apology. I record these interviews during my travels all over the world, and sometimes the quality is not what some of you might consider to be professional 
radio quality. I might be a great pilot, but I'm a lousy radio show producer. And as a radio host, well, I'm going to leave that one up to you, ladies and gentlemen. But here we go. Here's my interview with Wired. Listen up. Hey, this is Gregory Wired Collier from Ace Maker Air Shows, coming to you on Renegade Aviator Radio. You you spent, uh, what, 27 years in air traffic control. You spent time in the Army, and here you are, an air show pilot, flying not one now, but I think two T-33s all over the country. Uh, Maybe give us a little bit of understanding of who Greg Collier is and how you got the call sign wired. All right, well, uh, a local California boy born in San Francisco. Nobody in my family was an aviator, but at a really young age, I just knew that's what I wanted to do is be a pilot and took my first flight at age seven with um, a doctor, a dentist my mom worked for out of Shellville. And then my next flight wasn't until I started taking flying lessons when I was 18 years old while I was in the Army. Got out, got out of service, was going to be an airline pilot back in the early 80s, but couldn't afford to live off regional wages with a new family. So I became a controller and continued to fly throughout you know, my 27 years at ATC, bought my first T-Bird in 2007 just to fly around and have fun. Two months after I bought it, the economy tanked, and jet fuel went from literally in a span of a couple of weeks around a dollar a gallon to almost $7 a gallon. I couldn't afford to fly the jet, so I decided to become an air show pilot. <laughs> and here I am 10 years later, you know, flying 25, 30 shows a year, and this year I'm Ace Maker Air Shows is flying uh, 50 venues because I hired another full-time pilot to fly the East Coast. Let me jump in here real quick. And again, I apologize for the audio quality of these clips. If you're listening and you can help me with this kind of stuff, give me a call. 888-366-5256. David Costa, Renegade Aviator. There were some key points, some key things that come up with all people successful in whatever they do, not just air show pilots, but in anything and in all walks of life. Did you notice this quote, I knew what I really wanted to do at a young age. What about you? What do you really want to do? Figure that out and go after it. Your mission and your purpose and your happiness depend on it. Something else to take note of. Look how people like Greg and many of us make adjustments in our lives to adapt to our individual situation. We need to support our families and take care of ourselves while we go after these big gnarly dreams. And that's simply being a responsible adult. But it does not give you the excuse to give up on your dreams. And there's no bigger dream for a lot of people in aviation than being an airshow pilot. So that's why I interview so many of these people. This this going after these big goals, these big dreams, is key to you and me and all of us. We all have them. And Greg has achieved this cool dude status of being a jet airshow pilot. But what started out as a passion at age seven had to smolder and grow. And while he did time in the Army, worked a full career as an air traffic controller, and using his, quote, job to take those steps forward. Then, continually moving forward and buying that T-33, and now he gets to strap that jet on, performing for you at air shows. Just think about that and how that may help you in achieving your goals. By the way, you can see 
the ace maker, and Greg Collier at the Aviation Roundup Air Show. 13 to 14 October in Minden, Nevada. Go to aviationroundup.com for more information. Aviationroundup.com. First George, then back to Greg. Listen to this. They might tell you you're on a non-stop flight. Well, I don't think I care for that. No, I insist that my flight stop. Preferably at an airport. It's those sudden unscheduled cornfield and housing development stops that seem to interrupt the flow of my day. Here's one they just made up. Near miss. When two planes almost collide, they call it a near miss. It's a near hit. A collision is a near miss. Look, they nearly missed. Hey, this is Gregory Wired Collier from Ace Maker Air Shows, coming to you on Renegade Aviator Radio. One thing that's really amazed me in watching all this, I think the first time you and I met, it was at the Beale Air Show. I had just bought uh, L-29, and you had an L-29 previously, but the first yeah, I did. you may not, and you may not remember this meeting, but I sure do, and it, it kind of goes to what I say every, each and every week on this radio show is how people in aviation are there to help each other. You walked up to me, the first words out of your mouth, you introduced yourself and said, anything I can do to help you with your L-29, I'm in. So I remembered that. I just wanted to give you kudos for that because it stuck with me. But haven't you found that this is kind of a common thread in aviation? If people get in aviation, there's there's people out there to help them. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, this the aviation family, I mean, they're, as with anything, there's a few bad apples. But overall, it's such a great, tight-knit community. And then, the, you know, then you get into the Warbird community or the, or the Jet Warbird community, and then you get these little nucleus or little tiny families inside of the bigger family. I think everybody wants to just help each other out and take care of each other. And, um, it's, it's, and that's what I found with the air show industry, too, is it was such a great, it just became another family to me when I started doing it. Um, everybody, you know, offered to help and keep an eye on me to make sure I was doing things right. And um, it's just been a, an incredible experience that I would have never imagined where I am today 10 years ago, just... It's it's incredible, and you don't get to, you know, where you are without the help of everybody else around you. Dave Costa, Renegade Aviator, and before we head into the first break, look at what reaching out and offering assistance to someone else can mean. This is not unique to aviation or air shows. Start with being someone who offers assistance to other people. It's noticed. You never know what it can mean to someone else. There's people that make excuses. There are people that make things happen. There are people who need help and people who are willing to give help. There are people who will keep taking baby steps forward and people who will sit there and blame their situation and blame others for what they are not doing for themselves. There's never a shortage of help for anyone willing to help themselves. I'll be back after this break with more of Greg Collier of Ace Maker Air Shows. Call my office so I may be of service, so I may help you. 888-366-5256. David Costa, Renegade Aviator.
You can call the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa. Dial 888-366-5256 or find us on Facebook at Flying for Liberty. Questions, comments, suggestions, or recommendations? Call the Renegade Aviator at 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message. problem in the cockpit. The cockpit? What is it? It's the little room in the front of the plane where the pilots sit. That's not important right now. You see, the first officer is ill, and the captain needs someone to help him with the radio. Do you know anything about planes? Well, I flew in the war, but that was years ago. I wouldn't know anything about it. Would you go up, please? The stewardess said... Both pilots. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Doctor, I've checked everyone. Mr. Stryker's the only one. What flying experience have you had? Oh, I flew single-engine fighters in the Air Force, but this plane has four engines. It's an entirely different kind of flying, altogether. It's, it's an, an entirely, entirely different, different kind of flying. flying. Besides, I haven't touched any kind of plane in six years. Mr. Stryker, I know nothing about flying, but there's one thing I do know. You're the only one on this plane who can possibly fly it. You're the only chance we've got. That's right. I am the only chance you've got. The only chance for you to listen to a radio show about aviation. The only chance you've got to listen to a jet air show pilot with a radio show. Or maybe perhaps listen to a radio show with a jet air show pilot. Today, two jet air show pilots. Let's continue my interview with Greg Wired Collier, the founder of and one of the two pilots who fly historic T-33 shooting stars at roughly 50 air shows a year all over the USA and Canada. And okay, let's see who out there is paying attention. If, if you can figure out my screw-up in the first segment, you get a free Renegade Aviator Crew t-shirt, but you need to call my office, 888-366-5256, and tell me what I screwed up 
in the last segment. Hmm, a challenge. Here's the fine print. I am the sole determining factor on if you are right or wrong, but hell, it's worth the chance for a really cool free Renegade Aviator Crew t-shirt. Call me, 888-366-5256. What did Dave screw up? David Costa, Renegade Aviator. Remember, all of our shows are on SoundCloud. You can search Renegade AV, the number 8R, Renegade Aviator on SoundCloud and get all of our shows. Now, back to Greg Collier of Ace Maker Air Shows. And we're discussing being lucky and what lucky means. You didn't come from an aviation family. You didn't grow up flying fighter jets in the Air Force or in the Navy. But here you are, like anybody. You had a goal. You chose a, a fairly different career path, working an ATC, being close into aviation, and then keeping that goal in mind. So people look at successes like you and your air show. It's a great air show, flying with that shooting star T-33. But I don't think people understand, because it really matters in their lives, too. And anybody listening on the radio show right now, they've got their own sets of goals and aspirations. But we've got a 27-year career that helped fuel your aviation uh, in a different way, fuel with my little quotation marks, and then 10 yeah. years flying jets to be this, you know, as, as people look at this, instant overnight success over decades. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, it's absolutely powerful. And, you know, and now we're looking at you with two jets, two solo jet acts, um, that's a feat. What kind of logistics is behind all that stuff? The movie, yeah, that's you know, right. yeah, it's, I'm like a performer, a dispatcher, uh owner. I mean, it's, it became quite a, a business, and unlike, I think a lot of guys or people get into air, they, you know, get into air show flying because they want to be air show pilots. I mean, that's their goal. Where my situation, it was a little bit different, as I said earlier, is when I bought my first T-Bird after I got my L-29, you know, I got my feet wet flying the jet in the L-29, and then I, the T-Bird was my favorite plane growing up, a favorite jet, so when I bought it, I, as I said earlier, I had no intention of being an air show pilot. I just wanted to fly around and have fun an hour or two a month. That was going to be my disposable income. Seeing, being that I could work on the jet myself, I'm like, oh, 400 bucks an hour to fly it for gas is no problem. But then when the economy tanked and the gas went outrageous, I knew I couldn't afford to fly my airplane. I had to figure out a way to do it. And I actually came up with a business plan. And, and luckily for me, there wasn't any good T-Bird acts on the circuit. And the ones that were there, you know, they would fly a few shows a year for a couple of years and then, then fade out of existence. And they just couldn't get keep it going. And I think I just came into the industry at the right time, at the right in the right place with the right airplane. And then I didn't mess it up. <laughs> and uh, I just feel like extremely fortunate. I had like Steve Hinton and Randy Howell. And, I, you know, I when I came up with my demo, after I got my aerobatic card, which I taught myself aerobatics in the jet, in the T-33. And then when I came up with my routine, I watched every video I could find on T-33s. And I could see why it wasn't a popular air show airplane, which I was told that numerous times by some pretty big shows when I was trying to get hired the first year. Um, and they, I was told that the T-33 was a lousy air show airplane. It didn't show well. Well, in the videos I watched, I could understand because the jet would go by six times in 20 minutes and you couldn't see, you know, and it was a quite a boring act. You know, I got the T-33 manual of aerobatics from the Canadian Air Force, and 
I just took all the maneuvers that plane was capable of doing and put them together in a tight routine right in front of the crowd with vertical maneuvers, which nobody had done before me. And I just got lucky. And it, a lot of hard work. But So then I was flying the one jet, and my first season I flew 20-odd 20, 20 shows. And the next year I went to ICAST, I had 25 shows again. And then to roll up to 2014, I was, you know, flying nationwide. But if I had a show in New York one weekend and I had an off week and then my next show was in Illinois or Florida and a show on the West Coast wanted me, I couldn't take it because it would be 20000 bucks in gas to fly the jet back and forth. So I'd just take that week off because I'd stage the jet wherever the shows were. And then I bought a second aircraft that came available for sale. Um, I bought it, and then I had one based on each coast. So if I wasn't flying a show that weekend, I could I could just say yes without even figuring out where the show was because I was nonstop anywhere in the country between the two jets. And then uh, that worked great for 15 and 16 and 17 seasons, the 2017 season. And then I met uh, Buzz, Sean Rosner, Buzz. He was an um, F-18 super demo pilot out of Lemoore the last three years. And uh, we became pretty good friends on the show circuit, and we were talking one time, and he said I, he was going to get out of the Navy and buy a steerman and become an air show pilot and not go to the airlines for a while. And after he brought this up a couple of times, I said, hey, would you rather fly a T-33? He jumped at the chance, and he had, you know, he just fit in perfect. He was a general aviation guy before the Navy, so he, he gets that part of the, the flying, and he was great dealing with people at shows. Um, so we got him typed in the jet last season, and this season got out of the Navy in February and started flying full-time for me this year. So he's flying 25 shows on the East Coast in Ace Maker 1, and I'm flying 25 shows on the West Coast in Ace Maker 2. We have new information now also on the plane crash. KTVU has just learned the names of the four pilots who were on board the flight. They are Captain Sum Ting Wong, Wee Too Low, Ho Li Fook and Bang Ding Ao. The NTSB has confirmed these are the names of the pilots on board Flight 214 when it crashed. We are working to determine exactly what roles each of them played during the landing. <laughs> okay, before you call the station and complain about the last clip, which I think is funny, just calm down. Pat yourself on the head and calm down. No offense is meant, and some of you might know the story behind this clip. Some might not. That was an actual news report. An intern played a prank on the press, um, and wherever this intern is now, whatever he's doing now, I assume it's a he. Uh, sounds like something a, a guy would do. Uh, he has this prank as his claim to fame. Um, let's hope that he rises to bigger and better things. But if you are offended and you cannot function, call my office, 888-366-5256. I will send you an official Renegade Aviator Hurt Feelings Report. You can fill it out and send it back to me, and uh, we'll throw it in the trash can. Anyway, uh, Greg had another gem in this last segment. Right time, right place, and don't screw it up in the process. Think about that for one second. Many times we can be successful when we simply show up where we need to be, and when given the opportunity, we step up. We don't crumble. Right time, right place, don't screw it up, and 
figure out a way, even when things don't go as planned. Good stuff. We'll be back after the next commercial break. David Costa, Renegade Aviator, 888-366-5256. 888-366-5256, Renegade Aviator. You can call the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa. Dial 888-366-5256 or find us on Facebook at Flying for Liberty. This is the Renegade Aviator with your host, David Costa. As soon as they close the door to the aircraft, that's when they begin the safety lecture. I love the safety lecture. This is my favorite part of the airplane ride. I listen very carefully to the safety lecture, especially that part where they teach us how to use the seat belts. Imagine this. Here we are, a plane full of grown human beings, many of us partially educated, and they're actually taking time out to describe the intricate workings of a belt buckle. Place the small metal flap into the buckle. Well, I asked for clarification at that point. Over here, please. Over here. Yes, thank you very much. Did I hear you correctly? Did you say place the small metal flap into the buckle or place the buckle over and around the small metal flap? I'm a simple man. I do not possess an engineering degree, nor am I mechanically inclined. Sorry to have taken up so much of your time. Please continue with the wonderful safety lecture. <laughs> Seatbelt. That was George Carlin, ladies and gentlemen, and this is David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, 888-366-5256. This week's guest, Greg Wired Collier, the pilot of Ace Maker, a T-33 shooting star jet that you can see at a ton of air shows anywhere in the U.S. and North America. Greg operates two of these historic jet aircraft, and you can come out to see Greg at the Aviation Roundup 13 and 14 October 2018. AviationRoundup.com, AviationRoundup.com. Get your tickets. This is an air show not to be missed. The Blue Angels, Ace Maker, and even the Renegade Aviator will be out at the Minden Tahoe Airport. Come on out. See us all, and Greg with his T-33 Ace Maker. We still have um, a little more from Greg about how he just got lucky, and that's I'm making quotation marks here, by working hard, taking risks, and staying on target. And we're going to finish up the segment with Greg describing his T-33 jet 
his shooting star jet. If you want more information on this air show, any of the air show performers like Greg that I talk to each and every week, or just about anything having to do with aviation, give my office a call, 888-366-5256. Remember, I'm giving away a free t-shirt if you can figure out what I screwed up in the first segment. Good stuff. Here we go. Greg Collier. Unbelievable. So buzz. I know, uh, have conversations with other guys that are flying jets. It's like, man, Greg has booked a ton of shows. And you use the word, I just got lucky. And, and I'm smiling here because, and this is what I really want people to listen to. On this show, we're reaching so many people. And you said it, you know, very calmly, you know, I got lucky. But it's amazing how lucky people get when they work hard. Because a lot of that working hard, and you just went through a lot of it, I'm sure there's a whole ton of the hard work that people are simply unwilling to do. And it's one thing we always tell people, come out to the air shows, because you're not just looking at performers. You're looking at success stories, people that work really, really hard to put on that show. And it really inspires other people, I think. And that's, that's why I'm such a fan of these air shows and going out and having people come out to these airports even if they're not the biggest aviation fan, because it helps those kids and even adults pick a dream. You and I can probably laugh. Really, it's really tough to justify how to operate a jet, how this is a great, you know, profit somehow gets lost in this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? It's a big, gnarly, warm, fuzzy goal that everybody's going after and doing it. And I think it's key for the people to listen to this. Here you are saying, yeah, I got lucky after decades of hard work. Um, <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> wife has to remind me of that sometimes. Like, she'll be going, she'll tell me all the time, hey, you spent 10 years getting to where you are. And uh, a friend of mine who was filling in for me last year at a couple shows, he was hanging out with Michael Goulian and some of the other guys in Florida at Sun and Fun while I was out flying a show in Melbourne. And 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 he had told me, he goes, yeah, it was kind of nice being in the room. It was like being on the fly on the wall when they were talking about you and you weren't around. And and Mike had said that, you know, hey, Greg, Greg did something that, like most of us, took 20 years to get to a place in the air show industry or 15 years, and Greg did it in four to five years. And and my wife reminds me that I, mean, I just feel I got super lucky and everything else, but my wife is, is always there going, hey, you worked your butt off to get to where you are and you and you, and you took chances and a lot of people aren't willing to do that where but it's it's if you have a dream and you just go for it and like i i'm one to run and jump off a cliff and then figure out what i'm doing on the way down <laughs> you know well, that, this was a good idea now what the hell do i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but you know it's if you don't take the risk you're never going to get the rewards and uh i've been told a lot that uh, you know hey a lot of people want to do what you're doing and they just don't they just don't Attempt it, but I'd rather attempt and fail than than sit back on my, you know, porch in 30 years and go, God, I wish I would have tried that. But it's uh, like I said, it's it's been a, a one great ride, and uh, and I and like I said, I 10 years ago, if you would have told me where I'm sitting today in the industry, I would have never believed it. It's been a great ride with a great bunch of people. Yeah, excellent, outstanding, and it really is, and that's and that's. It should be a lesson to everybody, right? It's not going to come. Nobody's going to come up and just hand it to you. you got to earn it. But at the same time, you're out there standing in the middle of people doing exactly what you want to do, right? I mean, if you want to be uh, 
you know, be a race car driver, hang out with a bunch of race car drivers, spend your days with them, learn and do. And same thing with air shows or flying airplanes or just flying a jet. Hang out with the people that are doing what you want to do in life. And we don't appreciate the people that fly us around. We just think they're stupid. You get on a plane and go, well, we're a little bit delayed because of the uh, weather. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. I can see out my little window that it's fine. None of us respects these people. Oh, every pilot is an amazing person. Even that pilot, Sully, who landed the plane on the Hudson River and saved a bunch of lives. And even once he did it, he got no credit. Everybody said, that was a miracle. That's what everybody said in the whole country. That was a sign that God is watching us, that he said, no, I think it was the pilot, maybe, <laughs> who trained his whole life. And then the day came and he nails it and everybody goes, no, it didn't matter. It could have been a child because God was there guiding the plane. No, God threw the birds in the engines. You can call the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa. Dial 888-366-5256 or find us on Facebook at Flying for Liberty. Hey, this is Gregory Wired Collier from Ace Maker Air Shows coming to you on Renegade Aviator Radio. Yeah, the T-33 Shooting Star started life in 1944 as our first operational jet, the P-80 Shooting Star, and then it became the P-80C. After World War II, it was redesignated F, F-80. Um, the first two-seater was a TF-80C, which flew in 1948. Again, it was our first operational uh, jet fighter and jet trainer. It is also the only jet trainer that was designed as a fighter and then became a trainer. All our other jet trainers were designed from the ground up as a trainer. Um, in Korea, it was used for uh, not only photo recon and ground attack missions, it was combat orientation aircraft, the two-seaters were. Uh, it was also responsible for the first jet versus jet dogfight victory in the, of the Korean War. But even though it was a great platform, it was outclassed by the MiG-15, and then it was replaced as air-to-air -air combat with the F-86 Sabre, but the P-80 uh, stayed in as a ground attack and ground attack aircraft. And after the Korean War, and they built the first 25 two-seaters as TF-80Cs. Uh, once they got the contract from the Air Force to make it a trainer, they redesignated it T-33 Shooting Star, and it became our first primary jet trainer, and that lasted only for about eight years, and then it was replaced by the T-37. The Shooting Star was such a great airframe, it became... Uh, the fighter lead on school. So after you graduated flight school in the 37 and 38s and you went to your squadron, you flew a T-33 for fighter lead on training. It also became the aircraft to stay current for the more expensive airframe supply, 106s, uh, B-58 Hustlers, aircraft like that. And it remained in service. The Fresno Guard retired the last one in 1999, flew uh, aggressor squadron duties, same with Elmendorf and Tyndall Air Force Base. Uh, it just stayed a bunch of different roles up until, like I said, 1999. The Canadians retired their last one in 2005, which both of my birds are Canadian Canada built one with the Rolls Royce Nine 10 engine. Here's an airframe that, you know, flew billions of flight hours and served for, you know, over 50 years, which is a, quite a remarkable feat. That is. I mean, so you're flying an actual piece of history that people are going to get to see up close and personal. And I've watched your show. It's great, and like you said, it's it's a well-showing jet. I mean, you're right up and right out in front of the people. It makes some noise. It comes by nice and fast. You do a nice show. Um, and I know we're, we're going to see you at the uh, 
Aviation Roundup in Minden, and that's uh, October 13th and 14th. One more segment left after these commercial breaks. Um, but before we go, you know there's more to the Renegade Aviator than just doing radio shows and flying my military jet at air shows? <laughs> yeah, there is more. If you're a pilot, you might want to consider my Black Belt Aviator coaching program. If you want to achieve and maintain elite status in anything, and aviation is no different, you need a coach. It's one thing to use a flight instructor. That gets you to basics. What you need to complete a pilot rating or maybe a checkout in an aircraft. But if you fly high-performance aircraft or turboprops or jets and you want to improve your safety, your confidence, and your skill and bring it up to that elite level, then we need to talk. Call my office, 888-366-5256, and they will get you all the information you need, so maybe we can have a chat. 888-366-5256. Give me a call. We'll be right back. Sit tight. Stay tuned. David Costa, Renegade Aviator. You can call the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa. Dial 888-366-5256 or find us on Facebook at Flying for Liberty. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. Here he is, the host of the Renegade Aviator Radio Show, David Costa. Remember, guys and gals, you can see Greg Collier at Aviation Roundup in Minden, Nevada, or at any number of other air shows around the country. Aviation Roundup is 13 and 14 October. And for more information, go to aviationroundup.com. Right now, my final segment with Greg Wired Collier, ace maker, flying a T-33. I asked Greg what it was like to fly the T-33, and I also asked him about some history and maybe some stories behind Ace Maker. I think you're going to like this final segment. Here we go. Dave Costa, Renegade Aviator, with Greg Wired Collier, Ace Maker. You know, the jet is just, it's an incredibly flying jet. It flies so nice and smooth. It, it It's very sensitive, so it's kind of like flying on the head of a pin, but it's, you know, cables and rods. There's there's no autopilots in it. Everything's manual. The ailerons are hydraulically boosted. It's still our fastest straight-wing jet. There's, you know, the V&E at 505 knots. I mean, on a cold day at sea level, you can get it up near that 500-knot mark without. Um, so it's a really fast jet. It it handles extremely well, talks to you. So if it you, you can tell by the way the stick feels, you know, you get a slight buff if you're getting the max out of the airplane that she can give you. And then she'll start getting more juddery uh, as you're pushing it, you know, and she lets you know when she doesn't like something. But it's just a great jet, and uh, I found that, like, when I developed my routine, the turnarounds, doing more of the turnarounds in the vertical, putting some G-load on her, like six six to seven Gs, and you can keep it pretty tight to the crowd. And I like demonstrating the, the, the capabilities of the jet. Um, slow, I do slow passes, I do fast passes, do a lot of vertical stuff. Um, it's just a great flying airplane with a great profile with those tip tanks on it. 
It's not too loud. It's not too quiet. And she shows really nicely when you fly her gracefully. So it's it's just a, a great airplane. Very cool. Yeah, I, like I tell people, she makes it easy to look good. <laughs> you know, it's just it, it's nice to have a great platform to to fly and perform in, and on, like you said, honoring the you know history and those airmen and served our country and served on the T-33. I get so many people come up to me at shows that they either flew it or their dads flew it or their grandparents flew it. It's, and it brings tears to some people's eyes because, you know, they just recall what that airplane meant to them. And then also inspiring that next generation of kids and aviators or anybody who wants to just pursue a dream like I did. You know, if you if you dream and are passionate about something and you go after it, you can you can attain it. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned it as well. These uh, pilots, an ace maker, it made it made that whole generation of fighter pilots. And we watch the Top Gun movie and think, well, isn't this cool? But these were young guys right out of flight school, hopping into a cold jet like that T-33, and then going into combat. So that jet was responsible to train them with those skills needed. I don't think you know any of us that have not flown combat in a in a jet fighter especially back in the old days. I mean, these were not missiles shot from 200 miles away. These guys were the last of the real dogfighters, I guess. You, you must have some, some pretty cool opportunities to meet these these guys that are those uh, steely-eyed fighter pilots that we all kind of believe that we can be or in our dreams, I guess. <laughs> but they actually faced stuff. So, I mean, I'm sure you've met guys like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was at Santa Maria a couple of years ago, and I met uh, one of the actually – the original designers of the P-80 who designed the tail section for Kelly Kelly Johnson, who is the, the, that great Lockheed aircraft designer responsible for the U-2, the SR-71, the F-104 Starfighter, the P-38, and the T-33. I mean, that is quite a resume, Kelly Johnson's. And just a couple years ago, um, a good buddy of mine, which I'm sure you know, uh, John Huggins, goes by Huggy, he was a U-2 pilot out of Beale, and he's an aircraft announcer. Well, one of his buddies, U-2 buddies, next-door neighbors, was a P-80, T-33 pilot in, in Korea, and uh, and it was his 80th birthday, and his family needed to take him up in the T-33. So they came out to the hangar, and I opened my hangar door, and as soon as he saw Ace Maker 2, he started crying. The first words out of his mouth were, this was painted exactly like my my jet. I was even in the Yellow Squadron, and I painted up Ace Maker 2 as a TF-80C from the Korean conflict um, with the 51st Fighter Bomber Group. Uh, it really brought back a lot of memories for him, and we went flying, and we flew around, and when we landed, we he started telling me some stories about Korea, and he said, yeah, I joined the Air Force in 1949, so I figured, hey, World War II is over, I want to be a pilot, and there's not going to be another war. He instantly went, after flight school, he went to Japan. And then a couple weeks later, the Korean conflict broke out. So now he finds himself, he's 21 years old in Korea, flying an F-80 T-33. And he actually flew 75 combat missions in T-33s or TF-80Cs. I mean, he was just telling me story after story. And his kids were all there who were pretty much my age and his grandkids. And they had told me that they had never heard him say one word about the Korean War or any of his flying there until, you know, he flew the airplane and brought back all these memories. And... He was actually Lieutenant Brown's wingman when they down the when Lieutenant Brown down the first mega of the war. So it was pretty cool to talk to him and you know get to relive that history with him. 
that is. It's so easy at air shows to overlook these guys that are now old. So easy to kind of blow them off because they're not that, you know, they're not that young military guy or even gal now, you know what I'm saying, as, as, as the conflicts kind of fade away. Um, but I've flown a bunch of piston warbirds and stuff as well. And you're right. I mean, these, there's, there's, uh, you know, quite, you know, stories we'll never even hear, but, uh, you know, given these people that, that due respect, because it takes a lot of guts to do what, what these people did for us. So uh, it's, uh, it's really great that you're out there demoing an airplane that a lot of people may not even know that what that history is. So you're bringing that, you know, right in front of this next generation of kids. Because kids today look at warbirds, they then warbirds are jets. And so this is, right. you know, that, that, you know, that, that T-33 signifies Jet Warbird. A lot of kids today look at P fifty ones. They don't even know the hell's a P fifty one, right? <laughs> you know, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, jets are cool. That's what they're going to be flying. They're going to be jumping into jets. So, yeah, thank you so much for really bringing that airplane out because it does. It's uh, it is a piece of history and something that we should be real grateful we can come and see and have you steward two of them now on the air show circuit. Yeah, um, thank you so much. Um, like I said, I'm just I'm really lucky. I'm fortunate. I'm so honored to be able to do what I get to do. Uh, it's just it's a remarkable thing, and I hope to keep doing it. And um, you're yeah, almost speechless sometimes. Well, you know what it is, because it is, and sometimes it takes other peers like like us, you know, kind of wrapping us on the head and going, you know, don't you realize how lucky we all are? You know, every, every one of us who gets to strap on an airplane, especially you know, as I get older, I'm, I'm into my late fifties now. You know what? You say, look, my my time is is on the backslide after fifty thousand yeah. hours of flying. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for a J3 Cub to fly. I'm grateful for for my uh, baby little Iskra, which is not near as fast as your airplane, but I'm right. grateful for all that. And I'm even grateful when I break a Learjet. I'm sitting here in Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not, I mean, I do not take it for granted. Like I said, I'm incredibly fortunate to to get to live out a dream. Like you said, I have my hangar door opens every day and I pinch myself. And I've had the jets for 10 years now and I open, and I, my hangar door opens and I'm, I stare at the airplane and I pinch myself and go, boy, I get to fly this thing. <laughs> Not even that it's mine, I just get to fly it and it's quite, uh, it's quite humbling. Definitely very cool. Right on. Well, Greg, you know, once again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to jump on to the show. I, I certainly enjoyed talking to you. And I really appreciate, you know, having me on the show. And um, I'm super excited about uh, returning to Aviation Roundup. I haven't been there for uh, quite a few years since they did the the uh, benefit show for Kyle Franklin and Amanda Franklin. So I'm excited about returning to Minden. And as you said, it's a small airport with a great community. And uh, it's going to be really awesome to fly the airplane there. And, you know, I had the challenges of uh, high-density altitude on the T-Bird is creates a little bit of more work and, and a challenge to fly in that environment. But it's, uh, it's going to be super fun. I'm looking forward to it, meeting the crowd and Seeing you at ICAST, and I, as I said before, just like when we first met at Beale, if you ever need anything, I'm here to uh, help you out if I can. Well, thanks. It, it certainly is appreciated, and uh, we have a hangar. If you get if you need anything while you're in Minden, give me a holler. We've got a hangar. We've got stuff, anything you need, even cold beers in the fridge. Greg, thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming on. I, yeah, thank, thank you. I really appreciate it. Well, here we go, the end of another Renegade Aviator Radio Show with me, David Costa, and thank you to Greg Collier for being my guest 
today, and thank you everyone who's listening. I sincerely appreciate it. I'm getting great comments from so many of you, and I'm grateful for that. This show is a labor of love, uh, sometimes a uh, lesson in futility or insanity, but a love of aviation and a love to help people as a way for me to pay back to all those people who helped me so much in my decades of and tens of thousand hours of flying. This show is more than a show about airplanes. It's a show about big goals and big actions. It's a show about making things happen. It is a template for you, maybe, to look at your life. What gets you excited? What is your passion? And what is stopping you from achieving those big goals? Maybe some of these demonstrations will help. I hope they do. I've been blessed to have known exactly what I wanted to do since I was a little kid. And some of you may not have been so lucky, but as Greg said over and over in his conversation with me today, he considers himself lucky, like many of us. But we saw how his luck was directly related to the work he put in, the risks he took, and the decisions that he made. And here's a little secret before we leave today. Do you know that the luckiest people are the ones who believe they are lucky in the first place. Think about that. Go ahead. Consider yourself lucky. Be grateful. Chase those goals and kick butt out there. Call my office anytime and leave me a message. 888-366-5256. David Costa, Renegade Aviator. See ya. Feel alive.